In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents Donald Trump with a, a stain on our country. I am someone's daughter, too. That's what I'm so help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. The Betches Sup Podcast. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. The biggest topic in, I think this is a very political topic, but the biggest mm-hmm. topic in news today is obviously, well among them, is uh, that Charlie Bit My Finger is leaving YouTube after being sold as an NFT for $760,000. So, okay. <laughs> Elisa's arrived with thoughts. <laughs> I have a question about this. I can still watch like ripped off versions of Charlie oh. Bit My Finger, right? It's just, it's just the original. The original one is now this mm. token thing. Somebody has the privilege of owning the original one now. This is giving very Martin Shkreli owning the Wu Tang album just to destroy it things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I guess I just don't understand the value of owning the original Charlie bit me, but whatever. Okay. It's literally People just like to things. warm your heart. Like I was reading a New York times article, but it was like trying to explain. It was like, it's just a good feeling people get to have the authentic original of things, even if it's useless. I think it'll out. I think it'll wear out its welcome, but before it does, maybe we should take advantage. So I was curious, you guys, Elise, what's the most valuable thing that you've ever caught on camera? You can also say like most valuable thing of you, but also okay. can be. Let's say you own anything. both of them. Yes. Well, I mean, all of my headshots and my material, obviously, <laughs> very valuable. <laughs> what are you talking about? This here? Rec- I, you heard your recording. Yeah. This well, here. I mean, I don't I if someone wants to send me, I don't know if people, anyone who works in crypto wants to evaluate how many Dogecoin my headshots and materials are worth. That would be great. <laughs> Millie, um, what are you flipping through? Are you flipping through a photo album? Yes, I am because oh, I, shit. I found this photo album when I went back home a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and it, there's a significant water damage, <laughs> but half of it Florida. is not damaged. Yeah, Florida. Florida and my family not giving a fuck about my belongings. But, <laughs> but I do have, I think one of my most valuable things, I'm trying to find the picture, is a picture, there we go, of me at my first concert, oh, and that's oh. Brandon Yuri, everybody. Oh, my God. oh wow. That's making me so happy. That is adorable. This is what the other moment. Panic at the Disco guy I had a huge crush on. He's right. obviously wow. way hotter, but I have an original 16-year-old Millie with Brandon Yuri in a paisley tie. That's pretty valuable. That is so valuable. valuable. That I would buy my an heart. NFT of that, which I guess is just the picture itself. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it will be worth at least $770,000, at least. Thank you. Um, least. I hate to, you know, reinforce 
toxic, patriarchal, oftentimes, you know, I hate to, yeah, I'll just say toxic, <laughs> patriarchal, whatever values, right? However. Where they say, however, you know, that whole thing that they gave us of like, you know, women like can't lose their virginity or like must wait till marriage because, you know, their value decreases over time. Why would you buy the cow if you can get the milk for free? Um, toxic, fake, stupid, except in this case. <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck would you buy an NFT of Charlie bit my finger? You it can is get like- the milk on YouTube. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I guess, yeah, under the patriarchy, virginity is a non-fungible token. Yes. Thank That's you. true. It has no actual value other than knowing that it's yours, that the V-card, you, you, you got took the it, original, it belongs to you. And, and it's you're unfungible. Right. You cannot. Unfungible fun- and nobody, and honestly, nobody else like can. I don't know. Go, My like, first time seemed fungible. Once you've been funged. Oh. You can't you can't get unfunged. <laughs> well, the guy, well, the guy who took my virginity was so stressed out by me because I was fucking crazy. And he was like, I can't believe people want. This. <laughs> you scared him away. He was like, I can't believe people kill themselves to me. Purchase. I, I can't imagine going in cells are like 70 totally. <laughs> That's I definitely think that from now on in sex ed training, they should for the children compare losing your V card to a non fungible token. I think you've really happened upon something here. Do that. Well, yeah. When you're not teaching yoga in Alabama. Oh, my God. So somebody (laughs) side note, somebody who went to like a yoga class in in Florida, I was like, how was the class? And she was like, yoga in like central Florida is very Christian. Oh no, that's the opposite of yoga. <laughs> I know that's why I can I so like, see that. What the fuck? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's super interesting. Also, because um, my sister's a yoga teacher, and there's like a big movement in the yoga community not to really say namaste and stuff hmm. from another perspective because they feel like the meaning has been taken Got out it. of it, and it's been like divorced from its like actual cultural heritage of what it's supposed to mean but it's it's very funny that like alabama is doing what they want but for the opposite wrong reason right <laughs> like, we're talking about, just... which we've talked about this on the pod i think before which is that yoga has not been allowed in public elementary schools in alabama for like i think a very long time <laughs> I think a couple months ago they said like no we still don't want it back and they finally said that kids can stretch their bodies that's yeah. fine um, as long as all the poses have English names and you can't say namaste. But as Lee said, I don't think they're like, because we, we absolutely want to avoid cultural appropriation in this yeah, Alabama no, public school. <laughs> no, they want to make it as appropriative as possible. They want to strip it, divorce it completely from any of its like context. It's it's very interesting. It's funny very to have been, because I follow a lot of like yoga influencers and like people in that space. And so there's been so much talk around namaste and whether or not to say it and how to say it and like other things you can say in your classes. It's like a big discussion in the community. And so I think it's very funny that um, Alabama inadvertently respected their request. Yeah, next <laughs> Alabama is going to be like, we're going to ban the N-word because if we can't say it, no one can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, I guess. Yeah, yeah like, I okay. guess ultimately we're glad it's banned. <laughs> but... oh, right. It reminds me of um, when I was working, 
stay with me here. But it, <laughs> I was working, I was working for a Japanese company. And then in Japan, when I would go to like the headquarters office, all the women have to basically wear uniforms and like kind of stewardess adjacent uniforms, like vest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. So I was like, why are all the women wearing uniforms to work? And my <laughs> was like, well, they can wear what they want on their commute. <laughs> and oh, was, that's nice. How generous. Oh, okay. Thank you, sir. <laughs> okay. Oh, lovely. <laughs> they can wear what they want in their off hours. <laughs> when they are not we don't police their bodies 24 seven, just like yeah. the 12 that they're working here. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. You get fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. For today's topics, we're going to talk about what's happened in the years since George Floyd's murder. Then we'll react to a viral story out of Florida. As soon as I saw the story, I was like, we're saving that for tomorrow where a high school egregiously edited girls' yearbooks photos to cover up what they called immodesties, but which most rational people call the dermis. So to start with the George Floyd death anniversary, murder anniversary rather, George Floyd died on this day on May 25th in 2020. The initial explanation of his death was that it was a medical incident experienced during arrest for allegedly using a counterfeit $20 bill. But 17-year-old Darnella Frazier's iPhone, of course, told another story. And as we all know, our justice system has acknowledged that Derek Chauvin murdered George Floyd, who was 46 and left five children, including a young daughter. He was also, at the time that he was murdered, a grandfather of two children. Protests, of course, we remember, began in Minneapolis the day after Floyd died and developed in cities throughout all 50 states and internationally. This was objectively, in terms of number of people who participated, the largest protest movement in history. Also, the day after his death, all four after his murder, all four officers involved in Floyd's murder were fired, and on May 29, charges were brought against Derek Chauvin. So last month, of course, Chauvin was found guilty of all charges. An update on the other officers: they've all been charged with second degree or with aiding and abetting second degree murder and manslaughter. They're currently considering whether to add a charge to that, similar that they did to Chauvin's, but they've all pleaded not guilty, and their trial won't be until March 2022. So there's been a lot of anticipation about this anniversary. It's been, I feel like things just fundamentally shifted. It's it's easy to take for granted. And without getting 
too much into like Nancy Pelosi, George Floyd sacrificed his life for justice territory. What do we think the legacy of George Floyd's life has been and his death? I mean, you said it, but like the largest protest movement in global history, like his, you know, his name is going to be written down in history books for better or for worse. Obviously, I think his family would prefer if it weren't. And Mm -hmm. he was just a regular man that no one (laughs) knew about. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's really interesting to think about ourselves between then and now and how much I do feel like consciousness was raised around the issue, but how much change is still needed. Like, I think the yeah. the collective I, I understanding of racial issues has, like, the awareness has been raised, but I don't know necessarily that we've seen, like, le- like legislative change that we want to see. <clears throat> but I feel like that's the first step. I feel like for me, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and all that stuff, like, you know, I mean, I've seen it in my whole life, but, like, you know, I feel like what a lot of people felt, you know, when Trayvon with the Trayvon Martin case and then then the Eric Garner case. I mean, I think that was like the Eric Garner case in 2014, who um was choked to death, you know, for selling loose cigarettes. That was a huge awakening for me. And that those were, you know, sometimes like the first times I I um, participated in protests like to that scale where like I've always been protesting, but not like specifically police violence and that stuff. And then seeing like seeing how police reacted to protest, peaceful protesting, seeing a cop like punt, like beat the shit out of a white guy, like in front of me, like those things, those are the things that I feel like, You know, I think even before, but like way before, like pre-pandemic, way before George Floyd, you know, I would talk to my activist friends and it's like, yeah, everyone needs to see that like in their life to fucking get it, you know? And it's just like there needs and like it's crazy because I feel like the George Floyd protest, like the George Floyd incident and the inciting protests after were a way for everyone to see it and to get it. And it's kind of like changing it's like we don't we don't have legislative change, which, you know, unfortunately, that's just how this fucking country works. But I think a change in attitude is very significant, um, just like gay marriage, just like, you know, any other big yeah. progress thing we need to all consciously. And like, yeah, I think um, people are starting to get it. And it's, you know, it sucks that George Floyd had to be you know, has to die for for this. But there have been people who've been speaking up, you know, for a long time, um, you know, activists and even Colin Kaepernick ruined his whole career for for this cause. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's nice to see. I think for me, it was like. It was nice to see people who I never thought would get it, even if they Maybe they might not fundamentally get it or whatever, but even gesture towards that. I think that was like pretty revolutionary for me as a person. And yeah, that was just, yeah. Yeah. Do you think it was, and we talked about this in the trial a lot, um, 
that so many of the previous protests about that that and the formation of BLM was about unarmed black men getting shot. And those perpetrators were always let off the hook. People always seem to identify with those perpetrators and feel like, well, you know, police, like they got to make a quick second decision. Do you think it was like the nature of what happened here? Like it was, it was almost like, this sounds callous to say, but it's like, if you wanted to design a crime to convince the most people that this atrocious thing, that like, there's literally no regard for black lives among some people in law enforcement, like this is what you would do. Do you think that it was the nature of the crime that it was 10 minutes and it took that for people to get it? I think, yes. I mean, it's hard to say because there have been very brutally violent videos of, I mean, the Rodney King beating is a brutally violent video that goes on for an extremely long time. That's true. But I think it is the callous, of I, there was something about it that was so blatantly horrifying that it was just impossible to ignore. And I also think, you know, we were people were at home to see mm-hmm. it. People were mm-hmm. we were in the middle of this pandemic. Like, I don't know exactly what the connection between the pandemic and people being like ready to see this and receive this information was. But I do think that the two things go hand in hand. And I think that uh, maybe it's that being stuck inside for so long, like it's once you're outraged, you're like, I'm done. I'm fucking done. Mm -hmm. You know, I think people were fed up with all sorts of things and this, uh, it lit, lit a flame. Well, it's also like, I think the pandemic was related because, you know, Poverty was a pre-existing condition of COVID and black and brown people were disproportionately killed by COVID and, you know, Trump's government wasn't doing anything. They weren't even telling people to put on masks. There were no worker protections. Fucking people were dying. In fact, like there's just no regard. And then, um, you know, the then to see a video where it's like for fucking $20, a counterfeit 20 that the teen, like the teen cashier is just ruined for life. Traumatized. If you listen to, if you see his like testimony in the trial, I like, I mean, my heart goes out to number one, Darnella Frazier, who's traumatized forever for uh-huh. standing there. But two, I really do feel bad for this kid because like, he's just a kid who works as a cashier. He doesn't know what to do if he thinks he gets a $20 bill. He said that you're a fake $20 bill. He said his boss would like take it out of his pay whatever mm-hmm. like he doesn't he had, he had no good options in that moment either exactly exactly you know again back you know it, it's just everything's interconnected like when we're talking about minimum wage you know twenty dollars is almost really? three hours of fucking pay because minimum wage is seven dollars yeah you're talking about a kid you know like that's not that sounds and it sounds dumb like to me it's like oh it's just twenty dollars but like to some it's just so it's just also fucked up and it all like contributed to this thing of like yeah like you have nowhere to you know and there's not other news stories happening like what the yeah. fuck like everywhere you know yeah and like if i was a 17 year old kid to be honest i would think like i would be like oh my god if if 20 dollars is missing i'm gonna get in huge trouble like i just yeah. i don't know when you're a kid you don't like 
you can't really rank the dangers of different and things. And it's just, he should, in that oh, way. yeah. And like, nobody should have to think ahead multiple steps. Like, okay, well then I guess like, is, do I have to think about what happened? Of course, now that kid is going to think, okay, what happens if I get the cops involved? Everybody did. Because I mean, the crazy thing is that. His manager was the one her, was like, we have to right. fucking call the cops. What's her <laughs> name? Amy, Amy Dum Dum, the woman, Amy Cooper. Mm-hmm. She, that happened the day before, or maybe the day after when yeah, um, after George Floyd was murdered, where she threatened to call the police because for no reason, there was no, there was no reason she was just harassing this guy. And those things paired together too. Because he told oh, really. her to put her dog in a leash. Yeah. Right. Right. Which her dog, I mean, there's no point in like comparing the two alleged crimes. Cause there's also evidence George Floyd didn't even know he was using a 20 hour rail, but also you, it shouldn't cost your life. But it's like the woman was posing actual fucking danger to the people around her. You can, yeah, it, I feel like there might be something, and this is kind of piggybacking off a point you were getting at, Millie, but I think there's something about just the disregard for human life that mm-hmm. we were seeing mm-hmm. at that time on a massive scale during mm-hmm. the pandemic, and then to see it so cruelly displayed in a video as mm-hmm. well, I think people are just fucking done. Yeah, I mean... It is just like a fundamental problem in this country and like society and life, you know, in the world of like this disregard for the value of human life and like value of capital over over people, you know, and that's what people say, like one police don't prevent crimes, they punish them. Mm-hmm. And two, um, they they protect capital and property and money, not people. Yeah. You know? And when you realize that, and then especially if you're black, you know, there it's, it, is it. And then that's when the destruction of property shit, that argument of like, well, why are they looting Target? Mm-hmm. Why are they killing a black guy? Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. But, you know, it's just people's mindset of all that stuff. When I was prepping this, I was watching Kamala Harris's, um, I think the speech she made at the DNC. And she said when she was talking about this, her line from it that you'll probably remember, she was like, this virus doesn't have eyes, but it knows how we see each other. And I felt like that was an important part of that moment, too, because it was like you couldn't ignore what was happening. Like entire families of color were dropping dead, like people being mm-hmm. left alone with their fa- like the, 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 the like carnage we were seeing on TV every day. And then mm-hmm. to see like that blatant disregard for human life, period, mm-hmm. on top of while well, we have people sacrificing their lives trying to stop it seemed like a, a culmination. I, I feel like the reaction, the sort so there are two sort of, I guess, quote, legacies. I mean, the one is that companies said they would do DEI initiatives and there was hundreds of millions, probably billions actually raised for organizations, like including hundreds mm. of millions for HB, for historically black universities. But of course, in terms of actual practical reforms, we're still waiting for, for some big ones. There's been a lot of like state and municipal level reforms, which is kind of the problem with this issue is that things can be so patchwork. So you probably heard a lot about George Floyd's Justice and Policing Act. Mm-hmm. This has passed the House twice already. Uh, they, they before Biden and then they tried it again after. It's currently with the Senate. Tim Scott and Cory Booker are working on negotiations on this. The article I read about it, I did control find for we worked all weekend and they said it like six times. They want everybody to know they're working all weekend to get this. Um, and in good faith, I think Tim Scott's probably one of the more tolerable 
Republicans. So Scott and Booker say they're starting to see a path forward. It seems qualified immunity is a sticking mm-hmm. point, and I feel like it, it has been the whole time. So qualified mm-hmm. immunity, it's a controversial federal doctrine that protects officers and other federal officials accused of violating the Constitution while on duty. I feel like I always just repeat definitions, and I have a hard time like, comprehending exactly what it means, but it basically just makes it like impossible for an officer or a government to have to acknowledge wrongdoing in a civil way. It makes it nearly impossible for victims of police violence or their families to sue if criminal charges aren't brought. So so if you get like uh, an example that helps me, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, please. Is like when if you if you go, if your dad gets a surgery and the doctor, you can sue the doctor because for malpractice. Right. Mm -hmm. If the if your dad dies on their surgery table. Um, yeah. if, if a cop kills your dad, you can't do anything. And and that's because they're protected by qualified immunity. Yes. And you can only can if they've decided there's like a clearly established law by which like, OK, sometime in the past, we determined that when a cop did this, he violated constitutional rights. And that's the precedent. But because this never happens and these cases are never successful, mm-hmm. there is no clearly established established law. So, I mean, people from Justice, Soda, Justice Sonia Sotomayor and Clarence Thomas, like, both agree that this needs to be reformed because it's it basically just makes it so, like, you can you can shoot first and think later. And there are, I feel like there are two schools of thoughts on this. There are the people that think, no, that's bad. You need to consider before you shoot. And then there are people that say, no, um, police officers won't be effective if they have to think about that. Like, if they have to worry that they might be sued if, if they, they kill somebody. If they can't anybody. <laughs> Like, what the exactly, fuck do you mean? Exactly. No, sorry. Like, your doctor can't doctor if he has to worry about leaving stuff inside you. So even like Lindsey Graham's. So so what Republicans would prefer and what they're negotiating now is that instead of officers be personally held responsible, it's more like governments and municipalities. So I guess for Millie's example, it would probably be more like maybe it's not the doctor that's held responsible. It's the hospital or if it's like. You got to I don't know if again, these aren't perfect. If you're a lawyer, DM me a better example. But like if you get into a car crash from the car manufacturer, it's like you're not going to sue the dude that made the the dude that put together that or lady that put together that car. You're going to sue the manufacturer. So that's what they're looking at now. Tim Scott is trying to come to some sort of compromise on this. But like it's also important to note that like. By the time you even get to this stage, there should have already been like. It's not just going to ending qualified immunity isn't going to change everything, but it's hard to change anything without ending qualified immunity is my sense. And also like, you know, not to be like one bad apple or whatever, because they all protect each other. But there are officers with histories of like Mm -hmm. um, Derek Chauvin, like fucking choked a bunch of people and killed other people. You know what I mean? There are there are like mass people who do a bunch of bad shit and like that Republican compromise doesn't address that. Like there are people who are fundamentally racist and terrible and Mm -hmm. don't care and want to cause harm. And if you know, it's just your company that's going to get sued or just your police force, you're not going to act with the same caution that you would if it's you. And also it's our fucking tax dollars, you know, like we're ending up paying it like they're not going to fucking see any repercussions. There's no other job where you can do that, where you can just decide in a split second, I'm going to take this huge risk that defies all of our best practices and causes 
a death? huge danger to our death? bottom line. Yeah, this <laughs> like, is death. Which, like, in their case, as a result. In their <laughs> case, that means if you're a cop, the worst case scenario is death. But even if you're like running a company, it's like you are liable for the worst case scenario. It makes no sense. And when in this one, a worst case scenario is somebody doesn't get to live anymore. Like, yeah, I think police officers should be scared all the time. Like, I think that that's the job. It's a hard job. That's why we take care of your family for your whole life. Exactly. So not a ton of meaningful reforms. One of the most depressing statistics I saw this morning was that the cops continue to kill about three people per day. And that is the same level it was before George Floyd's murder. So it sounds like we're going to need to see some real meaningful changes on a federal level. And that I think I agree, Millie, with where you started, that a lot of the changes have been in consciousness. And that is that is huge. And you can't and you can't measure that. And hopefully that will translate. Yeah, well, I just hope we fucking stop uh, negotiating with Republicans. Right. Yes, exactly. (laughs) We could just end the filibuster and get this done, by the way. Should be noted. We don't have to compromise at all. That's like the caveat to literally every single thing is like, or we could get rid of the filibuster and actually help people and change the country and whatever. But filibuster is also racist. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema don't want to. So we can't. Womp womp. So for our next story today, a Florida high school is under fire for a second time this year, this time for editing the yearbook portraits of at least 80 female students. So the botched jobs cover up students like chests and shoulders. The students spoke to several outlets and they reacted how you'd expect. They said they felt exposed, sexualized, and ashamed. They said boys on the swim team or posed in Speedos without a problem. Mm. I'll know. That's Great. the craziest part. Great. Is, Don't is, make boys insecure about their bodies either. Like no, I, somebody yeah. was like, should they have covered up? No. Don't shame anybody for their little teen body. I would love to see because the Photoshop jobs, if any of you guys have not seen this, the Photoshop yeah. that they did is unbelievable. MS paint, like. Yeah. I could have done a better job in Insta story. Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I would have liked to see like the clothes that they drew on the boys. Right. Just a that's complete, funny. Like, stick well, they definitely shirt. did use like apps where like, you know, you, there are apps you can edit your pictures where it like ins- extends your background. So it makes yes. it look broader. They definitely did that just with, with garments and people's chests are covered with like blotchy. It's insane. Um, wow. But, you know, when we posted this on Instagram, dozens of readers commented their own traumatizing experiences. Like, it's very fucked up to be made aware that you're a sexual object before you, like, see yourself that way. Mm -hmm. And that all the adults around you are, because this school also has a weird dress code and is constantly policing the girls and stopping them and making them hold their hands up. And, yeah, dozens of people shared how certain uh, encounters with administrators and being shamed for their shoulder showing, like, traumatized them and made them so insecure. Like, that's creepy. Like, let it's so creepy. Did you guys also, ever have an experience like this? Absolutely. But the other thing I wanted to point out is like, it's fucking Florida. It's the end of May in Florida. It's hot. They are wearing what? A cami? Get yeah. it out of here. A tank top? Yeah. Shorts? Yeah. Like, come on. And I mean, yes, at my high school, you would have to wear a big shirt. Like a big red a shirt. big shirt. Oh, oh, if they didn't like what yeah, you wore. Yeah, if they didn't oh. like your outfit, you would have to wear like... A scarlet um, letter? Yeah, you would have to wear like the horror shirt that they made you wear. And it was like, if you have like spaghetti straps or your shorts were too short or like... Which mm. any friend of mine who was like tall at all could never... They just were not allowed to wear shorts because the fingertip rule is based on 
like not everyone's body works yes. like that. Oh, yeah. Um, so many, it's just like, so much like over-sexualization and it's just like, it's just so fucked up because if you view if shoulders and clavicles are like enticing for you on a teen girl, like, right. That's fucking, it. Like, and I think it's just like, just always, I'm constantly thinking about, you know, how sexuality works for teen girls and for young, for young women. And it's just like, yeah, you're supposed to, you are the object of desire. If you, you can't want this, you can't, you know, you can't want to show your body because that's immodest and that's bad. If you show your body, if you entice someone, which is not your problem, I mean, it's your problem, not their problem. And you need to cover yourself up. And I mean, I think that just goes to other harmful attitudes that we have towards teen girls of like, you can't want sex. And if you do want sex, you're a whore. And your job is to say no and to stop everybody and to stop and like you can't be in charge of your own shit and it's just like so fucking toxic and fucked up and it's like infantilizing to men too honestly like oh johnny couldn't possibly learn math if there was a shoulder in the classroom like i think he can let's give him an opportunity to learn math in the presence of shoulders and see if he can figure it the fuck out right exactly you're gonna be around women's shoulders your whole entire life you gotta like you gotta figure out it's also just comes down to like, and this goes into adulthood. It's like, whether you are dressed provocatively, also people make that determination just based on like the size of your body. So just like bigger kids are going to seem if their shorts are an absolutely normal length, but like you see more of their body than you want to, they're going to say that that's too short. Whereas like, I had that in high school all the time where like the skinny little girls could wear whatever they wanted mm-hmm. because it didn't seem that sexual to the adults because they were twigs. But mm-hmm. like me or, or some, like if I had boobs in high school instantly, I couldn't wear a V-neck. Yeah. And that felt so icky. I feel that to this day. I'm like, oh, should I wear a V-neck? I am 32 years old. Yeah. I mean, I'm not because if my manager is sitting, I'm not 32, but uh, <laughs> I'm fully 24. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, exactly. Uh, it's not fair, you know, like wearing the same trends and stuff. And like, yeah, you're punished for it's, but it's such a dichotomy, right? Because it's like, we're punished for being immodest, but then if you don't have boobs, you're not a real, like, it's just all this shit is like, it's fucked up. Like no one can be happy with their body because there's always going to be something wrong. I remember like, like truly the the dress code at my high school was, all directed at women, even if technically the rules applied to both people. It was like no spaghetti straps, shorts had to be fingertip length. Mm-hmm. You can't show this. You can't show that. Da, 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 this, whatever. And then the only ones that were directed at boys were like, you can't have a gun on your shirt. <laughs> like you can't, you can't openly be violent. Uh, in your clothing. And then I think they had some stuff where it was like you weren't supposed to wear brands or something. Yeah, or like curse words or like... Yeah, your shirt can't have a gun on it and it can't say fuck and it can't have like boobs or something. (laughs) Like literally like... Right. (laughs) Their stuff was all just like, yeah, you can't have completely inappropriate uh, images on your clothes. But for girls, it was like a math problem that you had to do with your body. And it's like someone else could wear the same thing. Like, I know I was looking at the pictures of these girls that they covered up or whatever. And like when I was in high school, just because I'm like a thin, flat chested person, I would have worn the same thing and it wouldn't have been a problem. 
Like, yeah. I, and so it's like, it's fucked up that this girl just cause like she filled out in a different way is gets, first of all, the Photoshop that they did is so oh. crazy. And it's just like, if this is actually a huge problem, number one, just get the fake shirt yeah. that every school gets that they, yeah. you make every, and yes. every, make everybody wear the fake shirt. We right. already have a fake shirt that everyone right. wears. So yeah. now they're just like, we're refunding the yearbook. Sorry. Yeah. But <laughs> it's the also fault. like, this girl is real brave for like, if I were 15, I would, I would, it's really courageous that she was like, yeah, fine. Put the picture out there. I'll let everybody see like a half inch of my, people are calling it cleavage, which is like, that's also it's it's like, it's her even. chest skin. The yeah. shirt, she's wearing a normal shirt and the way her body is shaped, you can see the shadow of a breast because she's a girl interior of, she has breasts <laughs> like, you should be able to see titties and not fucking that's fair it. that's also true we, why are we even talking about whether she hid her boobs enough it's like it's fine we fucking feed the new people with them get over it and you we truly. feed a lot of men with them <laughs> <laughs> that's true the thing is anyone who's opening up a high school yearbook and becoming horny that's on them. That's their oh, problem okay. for them to address. Exactly. It's like, not who actually the problem of the, the people who are in the yearbook. Uh, it's not a sexual document. And if they had a sexual response to it, that's kind of for them to navigate as an adult. That's a good <laughs> yes. point, Elise. Who is opening a yearbook being like, yeah, I want to see what the Rotary Club looks like. <laughs> I mean, people who are on who are sick, but like, like that's very true. For them. Who would have done it with the Sears catalog? Right? I didn't think about that. It's like the dress code. Don't agree with it, but they're claiming it so you don't distract the boys while they're at school. Who? What's the deal with the yearbook? Who's who's like you? Cannot look at a yearbook. Who's I'm being sorry, and also the distracting boys thing. Uh, there are people who get catcalled in a hijab like that doesn't fucking matter right about what they wear and all this stuff and like technically yoga pants or whatever whatever you know what i mean it's just like Mm -hmm. boys are gonna be horny no matter what yeah like also boys are not um jerking off to the cleavage in their high school yearbook they're jerking off to the millions of hours of hardcore pornography pornography that is at their fingertips every single second of every single day and it's actually in their phone in their pocket right now and they can access it at any moment they don't need to pay they don't need to get their parents to sign shit Why does Eric have the yearbook in the bathroom? Oh, God, no, they just they just can't. They get a peek of Madison's little shoulder and it's over. It's over. Poor dear. I feel so bad for all of those girls. That's so fucking embarrassing to have everybody look at your tiny little line of boob and shadow. So sad. It's so sad. And you know what? There was one before we have, there was one quote from a mom where it sounded personal. The mom was in favor of the school's policy. And she's like, well, if some parents like can't teach their kids to dress at home, then the school's going to have to. And it's like, okay, that's that mom. You sound like you're slut shaming children. So I'm going to opt out. (laughs) That is our show until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Better Sub Podcast. The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.